And once this house of cards fell, I had a choice to make. Either A, I was going to wall up, run away forever permanently, or I was going to deal with this. And it ended up being one of the more painful years of my life in trying to to work through that and understand what God was doing and and really shaking my fist at God on many occasions saying, you made me go through this once. Why in the world are you making me go through it again? This is Behind Our Smiles. Pursuing connection. And finding joy. Even in the struggle. Welcome back to another episode of the Behind Our Smiles podcast. We are Joe and Tara Buchanan. Yeah, and we're so glad that you're here. We love spending time with you. And today we're uh, doing part two of a uh, two-part series. Yeah, so if you haven't caught it yet, you'll want to listen to episode 14, Here I Come, and today is a continuation. Right. But before we begin, I did want to say thanks to our amazing sponsor, Samaritan Ministries. Samaritan Ministries is biblical, affordable health care sharing. It's not insurance, and they're not bound by open enrollment, so you can join today. In fact, you can find out more at samaritanministries.org slash smiles. Kind of going back to the beginning and looking mm-hmm. at our story and saying, where were we when we first got married? What was the turning point in our marriage that kind of put us on the right path to be where we are now? So, Primarily from our point of view, we looked back at those those early years and said, it's like one big game of hide and seek. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I was doing the seeking and you were doing the hiding. Yes, and, <laughs> and it wasn't fun, by the way. And the more that Tara would seek, the more it made me want to hide, which made you the more you were hiding and like anymore. you will come yeah. out of there and you will talk to me about all of your feelings right now <laughs> right and and we talked uh, again a lot about this in episode nine and we're just kind of continuing that so if you want to check that out first if you haven't but um i was literally running from my past didn't really realize necessarily that i was running mm-hmm. but i was really running from my past right and i think part of that was looking back at your story from when you came out of your abusive situations you were really busy surviving There was an element of survival, like, how am I going to survive, find a place to live, support myself, somehow heal? It's almost like there wasn't much time for you to sit down and face everything that had happened to you. And looking even at our story, Joe, I showed up so early in that process. Mm. So I think some of it was not necessarily like negligence, it's just going survival. Well, and I think part of it was, number one, I, I didn't even understand the ramifications of what had happened to me. I wasn't even mm-hmm. through the process of dealing with all of that, but also I knew I didn't want to burden you with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming into this new relationship, especially this new marriage relationship, I didn't want to to put that on well, you. Those are junk, right? Right. You're like, who wants to say, hey, look at all my junk? Right, and, <laughs> and make you have to carry that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really thought I was shielding you from it. And I also probably did a huge disservice to you, especially in our dating years, because I had really convinced myself mm-hmm. that I was all better. Mm-hmm. I, I would even go out and, and share my story. And when I would share my story publicly, I would point to look what God did. Mm-hmm. Look at all this stuff that happened and look how God mm-hmm. healed me. And I really was um, not necessarily living a lie, but I had mm-hmm. so convinced myself that I didn't need any more healing. Mm-hmm. And it was really causing difficulty. Well, and you wanted it to be over. I mean, understandable. Like yes. You didn't want to have to have that be continual. And when you mentioned like that burden that you carried, I remember thinking to myself at the time, well, why wouldn't he share it with me? Like, we're, mar- we're married now. Like, I'll be the closest person to you. And if there's anybody here that you can trust with this and anybody you should be close with, it would be me, right? Mm-hmm. So why would you not want to share it with me? And so I almost took it personally if you're if you were quote unquote you know just struggling with something and i don't want to burden you so even though like you're coming from a good heart of saying again i don't want to 
but like, well, it's too late now. We're, we're married. <laughs> well, and I, I, I don't know if that was smart enough to realize, uh, good heart or not, that I was doing the right thing or not. I, I know how uh, dealing with the past made me feel, mm-hmm. right? And and how I experienced that. And I didn't want that to spew out onto right. you. Right, it was. And so it, it began as a, as a protection mechanism to protect you. But I think in the end, it really kind of became the selfish thing that I didn't want to deal with it either. I didn't want to admit that maybe... Mm-hmm. I had more healing to do. Right, and that the pain was still kind of there and there was still things to work through. And because again, at that point, things were going better in our lives. Like we had, you know, gotten married and we had a place (laughs) to live and you had a job. And so there on the outside, it was like, okay, I'm finally out from all that junk. I'm finally in a good place. Who wants to dredge up? you know, old, old stuff at that point. Right. The, the, the people that had hurt me, right. Right. Could not hurt me Mm -hmm. anymore. And it would frustrate me when they would. And Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is that they were a part of my memories. Mm -hmm. They were a part of their, I had these triggers, right. Mm -hmm. These things that would trigger so much. And so these people kept showing up and it was so frustrating. And so I, it's not that I outright lied uh, to you, but I, I did withhold things from you because I didn't want to deal with that in our relationship. I didn't want it to be a part of it. I think it's twofold because looking back at your story, Joe, of course there's a lot of good that God did and Mm -hmm. we definitely can celebrate that and we can say, wow, that's awesome. And that was 100% true in your life, the things that you shared and how God had worked in your life. But at the same time, you don't want to admit that maybe the things that happened to you still had some negative consequences as well. Or were still a part of you. They were still a part of you. So it wasn't like it was only negative. Of course, God had used much of what you'd been through to produce really good fruit in your life. But it's like, let's not, how about the stuff that's not, right. doesn't have as good of fruit because it just was so much in the timeline. We're looking at our early marriage. You're only a few years outside of this. Right. And I think there was a part of me that really did believe that if I began to deal with it, it would sink me. Yeah. There was oh, just yeah. so much darkness there to mm-hmm. be dealt with. And, you know, we, we talk a lot, of, you'll hear me talk a lot about forgiveness. Forgiveness is extremely important to me because I really do believe it's a key ingredient to the healing process and unforgiveness can stall the healing process. And I had, when I was 18, God, I fought God on it for the better part of a year, but I did go and I forgave the people that had hurt me. And so I was under a false pretense really of what forgiveness was all mm-hmm. about, thinking that um, if I forgive these people, and God did set me free through mm-hmm. that forgiveness. There's no doubt that I was set free of bitterness and all of that. But I think I bought into the idea that that was all I had to do mm-hmm. and healing would follow. Or and even though you didn't, you weren't comp- con- consumed with bitterness of, you know, of revenge and that kind of anger towards that, uh, those people, mm. but you still felt pain from that. And I right. think just because you forgive doesn't mean the, the pain is gone. It just means that bitter, ugly, pain was gone. So I think you wanted to say, hey, if I forgive, maybe all the pain will be gone. <laughs> well, I think I forgot. I didn't realize that forgiveness is a one-time event uh, in, in particular, but a lifelong process. And I think I bought into the idea that it was the last step. Mm-hmm. And really, it was the first step. Right. And so I'm step. fighting really what God wants to do in my life mm-hmm. that in that entire it's a, time. It's like a conundrum. I've forgiven them. I'm no longer angry. I have you know let them go of the responsibility of making up making up to it me somehow, right? I don't want them mm. to suffer anymore. All those good things, which again, Joe, I think if you had not forgiven at that point, you right. would not be attractive to me and I would, I would have passed you on the first look, you know? So I think you definitely said to yourself, I'm no longer revengeful, but it's almost like because, but, but the things that happened still affected you so greatly because of what had been done to you, there's, that was just takes time to 
Right. And so really much of it was being stuffed under the surface mm -hmm. and it was boiling up. It, it definitely was impacting my ability and capacity to love. And it really, for us, came to a head about seven years into our marriage. And it wasn't something that we had planned on. It just kind of reared its ugly head. Mm -hmm. I uh, uh, had had an offer to write my story. Mm -hmm. uh, a publishing company wanted to write my story. And so I thought it was wise <laughs> to go back and visit some of the places where the most traumatic things happened to me so that I could have a, a good better, recollection. Better, better be understanding. Able, better mm -hmm. understanding, be able to write about it. And I was so cocky at the time. I, I can't even believe it looking back at it. I thought I was just so healed and God is amazing. He is amazing. But right. I thought that all of this stuff had happened that I could just kind of trudge back through that stuff and have no impact on me at all. Mm -hmm. And not only did it impact me, it impacted me immediately. It rocked my world. And, and we, Tara, you and I refer to it as kind of like my house of cards mm -hmm. that I had built. And in a swift moment, that house of cards came down. Right. And I was, you know, in that time period, I'm trying to remember back, we, you, know, I, you and I talk a lot about, okay, what was our marriage like at that point? And, and I remember us talking about your story more. And again, it was great. We were talking about it. We did not pretend it didn't happen, mm. but we didn't always understand exactly the level that it affected you. So it was the idea of just telling the story as if it was a story in a book. Right. And, and that's exactly right. I told some, it was someone else's story. I shared it as if it was someone else's story. I refused to put myself into the the first person that I needed to mm -hmm. be. And once this house of cards fell, I had a choice to make. Mm -hmm. Either A, I was going to wall up, run away forever, mm -hmm. permanently, or I was going to deal with this. And it ended up being one of the more painful years of my life in trying to to work through that and understand what God was doing and, and really shaking my fist at God mm -hmm. on many occasions saying, you made me go through this once. Why in the world are you making me go through it again? Not fully understanding that God had a purpose in it. Right. And I think, again, you wanted it to be a positive thing. And it's not like it won't be a positive thing. And obviously looking back now, obviously God has used so much what you've been through for his good. But there was that facing reality, right? It was just like, okay, we have to really understand it. And I think the biggest thing for us too was me understanding exactly how it affected you. I knew it did. And there's obviously I, I saw maybe some of the negative effects on some ends of how it affected you, but I didn't always understand the level of what you really felt, mm -hmm. right? Like the depth of what happened. I mean, I could imagine, again, I didn't experience almost anything close to what you experienced in terms of how people treated you. So I didn't have that personal experience to draw from to say, oh, I know what that might be like. I'm like, I do not know what that's like. Mm -hmm. I can think of the worst thing that's ever been said to me or done to me. And it doesn't compare. So I mean, we're trying so hard, but in those weeks and months that you struggled the hardest, I remember going, oh my, I'm like, this hurts really, really bad. And I think that was an important thing for me to understand. This is not just again, oh, that was kind of a bad memory or it kind of mothers me. I'm like, okay, this is, this is hard. And even though I knew it, it like showed up in a more real way. Yeah, and Tara, you, uh, you really, stood strong through that season and we really relied on God. It really drove us into our relationship closer together, but also uh, drove us into a deeper, healthier relationship with God because there was so much pain and it just, God revealed to me in that season that there was so much pain I had not processed. There was so, so much that I hadn't walked through that I had just glossed over, put into a room, closed and locked the door and sealed it up and pretended it never existed. And what God spoke to me in that season or showed me 
and revealed to me is that I would not have a greater capacity to love. I wanted to love you. I wanted, Tara, I wanted to love our children. I wanted to love the people that God brought into my life on a deeper level. And God was showing me if I did not deal with this and walk through this according to his will for my life, I would never have a greater capacity to love. Right, and, that, and that's where looking back, we're like, okay, God, we're really glad that this season happened. We're, again, just Joe sunk into a really, you know, those really dark, hard places, and we had to figure out what that meant for us. Because again, on the outside, things were kind of going well. We had taken a better job. We were living closer to family. We had added two children to our family. So it, looking back, like that was, we kind of call those years, those hardest years of adjusting to the, the two, you know, the two little kids and my life being pretty crazy with how mothering was on a day-to-day basis you handling a new job which was stressful for many different reasons and then this sort of just lands on our lap and remember just looking back now like going those were not so years hold that thought for just a second Tara. right now we're going to hear from our amazing sponsors of merits and ministries the landscape of healthcare may be ever-changing, but one thing Samaritan Ministries members count on is the blessing of biblical community with their healthcare, like these friends. Yes, our needs are being met, and so we are on the receiving end in many ways, but we're also able to meet the needs of others, and in doing so, we're living out uh, that biblical reality of generosity and serving one another. Kind of a breath of fresh air. In some stressful times, we have just been able to rely on Samaritan in ways that we never really even thought about before becoming members. And it's just been a real blessing to us in different phases of life. In a world where the only constant is change and Jesus, (laughs) it's nice to be a part of a ministry family that has been a consistent part of our lives for 10 years and will be for years to come. We love that. Want more information? Visit us at SamaritanMinistries.org slash smiles. So one of the things, as I look back on that season of our lives, the crisis season, seven years into our marriage, was what brought us to that place. I had been running and and kind of hiding. I, I was keeping up this facade. I wanted people to believe that everything was okay, that mm-hmm. our marriage was great, my life was great, mm-hmm. look what God had done, uh, had all these things in my past that I wanted so desperately to believe I had overcome. And you had overcome quite a bit. I mean, we were, mm. we were in a season of growing, you know, it was not like you were stagnant. It's just, there's just one thing left. Well, and it was a lot more than one well, thing, not one but, thing, but like the monster under the, you know, yeah, under the rug. <laughs> but I, yeah. And I do think that there was a level of health, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was healthy on some levels and I did love people and, and I did serve God and I was growing in my relationship with God. I think God just had to bring me to a place to say, hey, if we don't deal with these things, you're it's going to stunt your growth. Well, you have to surrender it all. Right. right. And so I, I had this facade that I had built. I really wanted people to believe that I was okay because I really wanted God to get the glory, right? Mm-hmm. Look what God did. Look how amazing he was. And if I'm not okay, then that somehow diminishes mm-hmm. the greatness of God. Right, takes away. And I wrestled through that and I, I didn't like that. And and I think part of it on a, on a very, just very simple, selfish level, I was dealing with control issues. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to control the outcome. Well, I would never, I, I sensed that at that point, but I don't think I ever had the guts to kind of go, dude, you know, you're <laughs> controlling here. But it is such a human instinct to just say, if I can just keep all these things stacked up neatly in the corner, I can contain it right i'll I'll ignore (laughs) these miles and miles of garbage behind me but if i can keep this Mm -hmm. one 
little shelf no. clean, then it'd be okay. And I think in that crisis, when all of that happened and my house of cards fell, I think the the really most awful realization was that I was no longer in control. Mm-hmm. I realized how vulnerable, and, and I knew my vulnerability growing up and stuff. I think I had just thought I was an adult now, and I had all this power to mm-hmm. to keep it from from getting to me and there was just so much fear unexplained fear really mm-hmm. it, it came out of nowhere i sense that and, a lot from you there was no doubt right and just a lot of pain deep deep levels of pain pain that i had probably glossed over or covered up for years was re- was rearing itself mm-hmm. and it was coming to the surface well and i had just probably as many issues with control as though <laughs> mine looked different than yours and for me again i wanted to keep my life in order we've talked before that my life works out okay <laughs> and at that point things even had worked out for us I mean, even though things were against us like okay we managed to you know buy our first home we managed to have two children with no problems like things were okay and well and one of the things too early on our dating years as when you would kind of talk about things that were sad i really had taken on the role of your personal cheerleader right. this was my superpower so to speak and you know, if you were having a rough day, I was like that cheer you up and it's going to be okay. And God's going to do this with you. And God loves you. Take care of it. And thinking that that would just like, mm. solve all your problems. And that was kind of a good bandaid for several times when you would have, you know, a bad moment or bad, you know, issue. I would kind of always run in with the cheerleader, you know, a hat on. And <laughs> I think in that season, it was like, oh, my cheerleader powers have no effect here. There was nothing well, about saying, let's just cheer up, babe. It's all going to be okay. You I think it was like, like trying to throw understand. a cup of water on a mm-hmm. blazing fire. Right. Uh, uh, you know, a because you fire. dealt with that fear. And I remember mm. just that look of fear in your eyes going, okay, if I just tell him, don't be afraid. It's going to be all right. There's no one here to hurt you. And, you know, rah, rah, rah. Don't be afraid. And it just like, <laughs> you looked at me at those glossed over eyes and saying, you don't understand. It is so much deeper than... Mm than just, honey, look at the door is locked, it's okay. It was like so internal in you that there's nothing on the outside I can do to say, if I just do this, Joe would feel better or the sadness will be gone or the fear will be gone. So I think for me, my personal journey as well was going, okay, God, I'm officially in over my head. Mm. Before that point, I had to feel like I can handle this. (laughs) It's a challenge, but I got this. And I think in that year or two, it was like, I'm in over my head. And I remember having that same feeling in a parenting moment in that same time when I had a toddler the first Mm. time that completely did not do what I told him to do. (laughs) And I was like, what do you do? I don't have control of this situation. And going, God, what do I do? What do I do? Like this, I can't just pull out my my cards I've played to make things all right. And so I think Mm. that was, you know, both of our, both of us on a different, on a different journey. Just let's try this. Let's try that. How do I fix it? Right. I think we both had to come to a place that we had to surrender control. And mm-hmm. and I I did f- try to fight God on it in that season, but I didn't have any strength to fight him. And I, I finally came to the realization that I really needed to be surrendered to the best of my ability to say, God, I cannot do this on my own. I don't mm-hmm. like it. I don't want to go through it. I'm not even sure I like you right now because of what I'm having to go through but I trust you. And it's like what um, uh, Peter said, I believe it was Peter said in John, who do I have but you? Mm-hmm. And all the disciples were, when everybody was turning away and Jesus says uh, to Peter, are you gonna run too? And he says, no, because you are life. And I kind of came to that place 
where I realized I had nothing without him. And so I asked God literally to help me get to a place of surrender. And God showed me in that season that I couldn't be close to you, Tara. I couldn't, again, go back to what I said earlier. I couldn't have a greater capacity to love without that surrender. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's where looking back, we can say, okay, now there was a shift though, a crisis. There was a turning point where you had let me in and there was like, okay, you let me in. I finally could be close to you. I, you know, the closeness and the intimacy that I wanted started to show up, but I'm like, this is different because I wasn't expecting this, right? Like, okay, if you want to get close to me, this is what you have to see and look at and understand. And I'm like, oh, this is not the, the exact answer to prayer that I wanted. <laughs> you know, I wanted more roses and lollipops. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is not, but it was necessary work to say, you know, do I love this man and how much do I love him? And can I truly love him even knowing his brokenness, even knowing his weakness, even knowing the pain? Ugh, it was just like, mm. I don't know. Well, and I think I saw in you the things that I was so fearful of or the things mm -hmm. that I didn't want you to have to experience was to carry that burden in the way that you would get mad as well at the people who did some of these things to me, uh, we would share that together. But I think what ended up happening is we began to not be kind of pit against each other where I'm trying to stiff arm and keep mm -hmm. you away. We began to to turn toward the problem together. Mm -hmm. And once I began to realize that you were up for the challenge, that it was a challenge, <laughs> well, but you were up for it. I had surrendered the, con <laughs> the ability to say I can fix the challenge. It's like, okay, I'm going to trust in God here to give me the strength that I need to get through this. And, you know, if you're walking through something similar too, you know, it's not wrong to ask for help and to mm. say this is over my head. And I think right. that at that point probably would have been beneficial for us as well to say when you're dealing with that level of pain and that level of, of darkness to make sure that you are getting support. And we definitely leaned on each other at that point and leaned on God to say, show us what we are supposed to do with this. Or what are we supposed to learn from this? And I think that was a key honestly, to getting through that was we were not reliant upon ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yes, there was an element of we were going to have to do the work, right. that there was a, a lot of work to be done. But we were saying, God, we cannot do this without you. We really need you. And that was our daily mantra uh, to just completely surrender it back to God. And part of the journey for me at that point also was expectations. And this has probably been, you know, a 24 year long journey. So <laughs> I'm only a few steps down the road. But this almost like with your house of cards, Joe, you know, me wanting to say my husband's going to be this man, right? He's going to be this happy and this wonderful. And, and you had many of those qualities, you know, for sure. And when some of that fell down, it was like, what if, what if this is what I have, right? And like, and not trying to make you into something that you were not and saying the truth is this is a man who's experienced these awful things and this aren't going to go away. And I cannot just cheer him up and just jump back into life like nothing happened, you know, because that's how I kind of would look at life. Like, okay, let's cheer up now and move on. And going, I got to lay down some of those expectations and really begin to say, okay, I'm going to love him just as he is, right? Just right where he is right now. I have to, I have to love him. And that for me, was a hard um, adjustment because Joe, you've talked a lot about your journey of learning to be loved mm and understand what that's like to be loved. And for me, I had the, I had the opposite challenge was how to love and how to really love like God and love like Jesus and going, oh, you know, like, isn't my human love, you know, <laughs> right. good enough? And it wasn't, right? Going, I don't have so the capacity to I mean, love cheerleading you. Isn't I don't just have the full capacity to truly love in the way I need to love him, but realizing, okay, God's going to teach me 
how to better love selflessly, whether, again, whether I asked for it or not, <laughs> it was, we had to figure it out. And I think what I love about that season, most of all, is I think we did draw us together in the end. Yeah. And that's huge. And we kind of looked at that pile of stuff in your past, whatever you want to call it, and said, okay, it's me and you against that stuff that's trying mm -hmm. to invade. It's trying to encroach on us and say, before I was almost like, okay, Joe is the problem. You know, him and all of his stuff, or Terry, you're the problem, or back and forth, kind of looking, pointing fingers at each other. And I think we made that shift in those couple of years to go, okay, it's me and you against that problem. And so that way I was a little less resentment, a little less anger at you and saying, okay, we're going to not let that get in between us. And that was a huge, a huge right. part of that story. And I think too, you know, we're almost 17 years on the other side of that season and it's still, we still feel those aftershocks every once in a while. But I think one of the things that we're really grateful and we, I don't always get it right. In fact, I get it probably wrong more than I get it right. But one of the things I learned through that season was to stay in a position of surrender to the best of my ability to understand that healing, you never arrive right. in the healing process it is always, it's a lifelong process. You're always going to be working at it, but how grateful we are that he who started mm -hmm. a good work in us is faithful to complete it. And and one of the things that I had to to just turn the corner on was that it was okay mm -hmm. to not be okay. I have it all together. Right. Mm -hmm. And one of the amazing surprises in that was that I found that I had, I was defensive a lot less. Oh, really? And I was more <laughs> free to make mistakes because oh. it wasn't tied to my identity or, oh, or the huge. facade that I had created. That was huge. And that's where we look back at that crisis moment. You know, crisis is a turning point. And mm -hmm. so it wasn't like at the end of it, and it doesn't happen like in one day or one month. It just sort of grows and happens. Yeah. And we saw the change and going, okay, we were on the right path. And wasn't our all marriage problems weren't solved right, in one day. And right. we still like had many more things ahead of us, but we were like, okay, we're on the right track now, now that we dealt with this issue. So Joe, I know you said that you're less controlling now. So do we have, <laughs> do we have time? Mean? Can I just throw something on you? Do we have time uh, sure. for one more? You're going to surprise I want me. another love letter. Oh, another love letter. Gotcha. You opened, I opened up a box <laughs> of love letters. So now I'm like, man, there's so many good ones. So this one's from you. And we'll get to one of my letters. Yeah, wait, why, why is it always my letter? Well, you have better letters than me. Oh, I don't know, but... We're going to have to so read one of yours here soon. I'll, we have a lot of them, so we'll get to them all. But okay, Joe, so this is you in 1995, and I think this is in one of your... This is two years before we were married, right. and we have been dating about three years. Right, so like our halfway okay. point in, in that season. So so you were, in a, you were reflecting on just our relationship quite a bit. You said, you know, as I look at those pictures of you and I when we were about six years old... <laughs> it amazes me that even though I was going through all that pain, God had my name written on a very beautiful little girl's heart. Mm. Had I known back then and someone said, that's the girl you'll marry someday, I wouldn't have believed it. Mm. So yeah, I don't have very many pictures of me as a child, but one of the pictures I have is when I'm about, what, six years mm -hmm. old. And Tara has one of her when she was six years old. And so we had those together and um, just thinking about how different our lives yes, were at that totally moment. totally different. And how in the midst of all of that, God still brought our roads together. So Tara wants me to read the rest of this letter or this part of the letter. So here's what I said. <laughs> I mean, to think back then how I felt about myself and my life and to know now that God was working in my life and over 400 miles away was a little girl who was learning about Jesus and being prepared for a man someday who would come a long way to be with, with her. And that man is me. Wow. 
I thank God for you, Tara. And you know it's comforting to just know that back when I felt so unloved by everyone, that there was a beautiful girl who would one day be my wife. And that that's amazing to even just go back. And I had forgotten about that letter. Just the contrast um, of our worlds at that point. Because at that point in my life, I learned about Jesus. I'm living in a family. I'm loved beyond belief, right? And things are just happening. But God had kind of seen ahead of time. And like you said, if you had known, mm. but we did get through it together. Yeah. God is so unbelievably good and he has incredibly good things for us. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have to work through some hard things to get there, Mm -hmm. but he will take us each step of the way. I am living proof that God loves us so deeply and much more than we'll ever know this side of heaven. It's pretty amazing. Thanks so much for listening today Mm. and for hearing part of our story. We hope it encouraged you. We'd love to get connected with you. You can find us on Facebook or on Instagram at Behind Her Smiles Pod. And a five-star rating makes a huge difference, too. It, it helps others find the podcast, and it's so encouraging to us. So if you are enjoying the podcast, of course, that's always the caveat. Your five-star rating and review makes a big difference. And thank you so much to our sponsor, Samaritan Ministries. Yeah, we're so grateful for them. Samaritan Ministries is biblical, affordable health care sharing. It's not insurance, and they're not bound by open enrollment, so you can join today. And if you want to know more, check out their website at samaritanministries.org smiles.